As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another edition of the Orange Weekly Pre-Game Podcast. As always, David and I are here to break down the upcoming game against the Cincinnati Bengals. After coming off of a pretty big win, we call big win off of a a one-win team, but a pretty decisive win in Denver. Uh, Back in Denver again for the Cincinnati Bengals to come in town. First thoughts, David, shoot. Man, this is, it's a weird game because it's like, you know, seven and six Broncos against seven and six Bengals. You've got a lot on the line here as far as play, potential playoff seating. You know, the winner of this game is in like really good position as far as, you know, maybe locking up one of those wild card spots. Too late to say lock up, but in the driver's seat for one of, for one of those wild card spots for sure. The loser of this game is on the outside looking in and pretty far on the outside looking in too. So it's, it's, you know, the kind of a last gasp for the Broncos as far as playoffs go this year. Really, really interesting matchup to get into. And we'll, we'll get in through going through all of it, Jared. But yeah, that's that's my initial thought is playoff seating on the line here. Yeah. And as we're getting through it, as I look through and do some research before we we uh, we do this podcast, I'm seeing a lot of different like matchups where in, in some aspects they have the strength. In some aspects, we have the strength, but it seems yeah. pretty 50 50 down the line as far as uh, strength is not really one one has stronger offense over the other or one has stronger defense over the other it's, it seems like very equal teams right now um with Joe Burrow just playing some of the best football he's ever played Freaking so uh, yeah. they def- they definitely have that going for us but but we're gonna break that down in just a minute all we need you to do is uh sit back you need, if you're if you're listening to us on the podcast make sure you guys are going and following us on YouTube Facebook Instagram if you're following us and watching us on YouTube, make sure you're downloading the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all that. But all we need you to do right now as we talk through this is sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, David, as always, we're here, and we are sponsored by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you guys have been liking these high-scoring NFL games of past, uh, we have another no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. You will win one, You will win. $100 if you bet just $1 on any team to score and that team scores. So if that team scores, you win $100 off that $1 bet. So go ahead and download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. If you're like me and you don't have Sportsbook in your area and your state yet, you can still get on on the action. Daily fantasy sports contest. And if you listen to the Ragers podcast, we give you a lot of uh, heads up and a lot of good stuff on the daily 
fantasy sports uh, contest there. So what we need you to do is download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets if they score. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NFL. As always, must be 21 years or older in a betting state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrict supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, David. First question right off the bat. Do it. Should I oh. be ready to be heard again? Oh, uh, you should definitely be ready to be heard again. Because, okay. okay. like... I look at this game, Jared, and we'll, we'll get into all the matchups, but it, see, it feels like two very similar teams right now. Two teams that have struggled with consistency this year. Two teams that are probably better on defense than they are on offense right now. But also, uh, you know, two teams who have leaned on their run game. Um, to, it's, it's, and two teams who are 7-6 and six right now. Um, right. You know, very, very interesting dichotomies here. Uh, the one area of difference that I really see is the the level of quarterback play right now. Joe Burrow is absolutely crushing it right now, uh, whereas Teddy Bridgewater is very much a game manager, and I don't mean that in an insulting way. Um, you know, a guy who's not giving the game away with big turnovers most of the time, a guy who's playing inside himself. But Joe Burrow is absolutely making those next te- next level throws, uh, making those superior throws, those, you know, the kind of throws that like one, you know, 10 guys in the entire league can make Joe Burrows right there right now. So why don't we start on, you know, Bengals defense or Bengals offense versus our defense, the, the kind of the fireworks show. Um, yeah, let's do it. And I think this is going to be the big one that everyone should be looking for. And I think this is the, this is the difference maker um, mm-hmm. in the game. I think, I think there's going to be very consistent play on the, their defense and our offensive. Uh, but I think the the big difference between, you know, possibly having a blowout game where we, we lose in a blowout game and, and stopping them to, to minimal points uh, really comes down to this right here because, you know, Joe Burrow at any given time and, and the rookie Jamar Chase, you know, putting his name in there for offensive rookie of the year and probably a front runner right now. Uh, just having a great, great year. Uh, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd both playing very well at the wide receiver spot. Um but you're right. They lean on that run game of Joe Mixon, and and how is that going to uh, how is that going to play? Well, and it's going to be a tough week for us for in Denver because Draymond Jones probably not going to play. hasn't practiced all week. Um, they were looking at him as maybe a guy who was questionable, but since he hasn't practiced once, uh, he's officially listed as doubtful on the injury report. So I really don't think we can count on him to go. Um, the rest of the Broncos defense looks relatively healthy, but without Jones in there to provide that interior pass rush and that run stop, especially against Mixon, it may be a tough day for the Broncos defense. Um, you, you've got Shamar Stefan in there, Deshaun Williams, Mike Purcell playing that nose rotating in and out. Um, Shelby Harris has been questionable all week. He's been in practice, but he's been limited. So it's <clears throat> really a, a question of how many healthy bodies do the Broncos have on the defensive line? Can they be enough to stop Joe Mixon? And, if you're slowing down Joe Mixon, that's at least enough to say, you know, we keep the rest of this Bengals offense in front of us. But if you're not, running the ball in deep shots is what they want to do. So if you can't shut down the run game, it's it doesn't bode well for you setting them the deep shots, Jared. And what do you think? 
I mean, this is uh, it's a question of our secondary versus their receivers, but also our pass rush versus their offensive line on those deep shots. Do you like a matchup there anywhere? I, I do, and here's why. Their offense, both two of their starting offensive tackles, uh, Riley Reef, Isaiah Prince, the, their right tackles are out for this game. So they have backup. Uh, let's see who it was. Uh, Fred Johnson, who's played a total of 21 snaps this season um, in at that right tackle position. I think uh, Jonathan Cooper might be able to get a couple uh, moves on him on that outside due to that that situation. Now their center also, uh, while he's been playing a lot, is not playing very hot. So that interior defensive line, like we said, having injuries on our side or, or issues on our side, they have some issues on their side on that interior defensive line. And I think a lot of stunts might be coming our way as we look forward to that. Now Bradley Chubb not playing the greatest season of his career, mm-hmm. um, but we can expect a couple stunts to get him through the middle, maybe have a little bit of a breakout game is what I would like to see. So the yeah. injury front on that part is is a little bit difficult. And then there's something else that um, NFL.com, Cynthia Freudline, I think her name was. Uh-huh. Freeland, um, I think, but yeah. Yeah, Freeland. <clears throat> so she's she's a very good analyst there at NFL.com, and, and she brought up the fact that Joe Burrow has his best uh, QBR against the Blitz, and the mm. Denver Broncos have the worst pass defense when we Blitz. I think we're like a 52% completion rate when we mm. send a Blitz, which is, I think, bottom five in the NFL. So that's a huge thing to look forward to because we've seen it sometimes when we send four, we can get there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we send six, we can't. So right. it, it really depends on which Broncos show up. I think against this offensive line, we might be able to put put the packages together to get some pressure on Joe Burrow, make him roll out, make him make some mistakes, and make him make a, a bad decision. Um, and in that case, then then we'll have a good chance on him. Um, the one thing that, that we have against this team uh, that, that we normally have against most of the AFC West is their tight end. Um, Uzma is not playing uh, very well. CJ Uzma, who's who's normally a very good tight end, they don't target him nearly as much. And I think, that, again, talking about similarities, just great wide receiving core. Sometimes the offensive line isn't playing so hot. Great running game. Um, and the tight end not utilized as much. So th- this is very similar offenses. And like you said, the biggest difference is the quarterback play of Joe Burrow being one of the top five in the NFL mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. is, is the big difference being that young guy coming up. And let's diagnose their passing game a little bit more, because right now Joe Burrow leads the NFL with touchdowns over 30 yards uh, with 11. Uh, Jamar Chase has seven touchdown receptions (laughs) over 15 yards, which also, I believe, not only leads the league, but I think is a rookie record. Um, So it's, you know, it's that kind of offense for sure. They don't like to dink and dunk. They want to take shots. That's what this defense is built to stop. Uh, So it's very much a strength on strength matchup there. Uh, I'm really interested in particular to see the matchup of Pat Sertan versus Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, one in out, you know, we didn't really see that in college actually with, you know, which is surprising considering, you know, LSU versus Alabama, the two schools that they went to. So this is going to be a big time battle. Um, like you said, not so much. Uh, they don't really use the tight end that much in this offense, CJ Uzama, but they've got T Higgins as the other wide receiver and Tyler Boyd, one of the best slot receivers in the entire NFL, you would like to see Bryce Callahan come back and play very meaningful snaps in this game. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll just have to see. He did not really, I don't think he played a single snap last week. Uh, you know, hearing the coaching staff talk about Callahan, they said he was ready to go, uh, but they didn't need to use him. So they activated him, it sounds like, a week before they really thought they would need him, which I think is probably a good thing. 
Uh, right. you, yeah, good thing. Good to have him available, even if he if you don't trot him out there. Good to save his legs if you don't need him uh, for last week's game against Detroit. But yeah, I think he's going to be a big time X factor in this game, Jared. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Callahan needs to have a big gain in this game. Uh, you know, talk about Justin Simmons having kind of a bounce back second half of his career of his uh, season this year. Um, just playing very meaningful football. Cream Jackson being healthy. I think I think the defensive backfield of our Broncos being healthy is the key to where we're at right now. Um, and against that deep threat, we have to really worry about that Jamar Chase Joe Burrow connection. Uh, that deep threat's going to really come down to the communication between Pat Sertan, Kyle Fuller, and Justin Simmons, and I think that's really going to be the difference maker. If they can connect on some of those, some of those deep shots, uh, we've seen it. We've seen it this mm. year, this season. Is is those big plays are what's killing us? You know, we could we could play the grind out football all all day long, but as soon as they get a couple big plays, it's the, it's kind of the end for the Broncos, right? Pick sixes, yeah. Um, Big, big touchdown plays, big, long touchdown plays. It's, it just seems like it takes the wind out of the Broncos completely. And we got to have that. We got to have that going in. I think Justin Simmons needs to have a big game. Pat Sertan, that communication in that defensive backfield is going to be the biggest difference Very um, much on so. that side of the ball. Yeah. All right, now, David, let's go. Oh, ahead and, oh, you have one more about that? Just one more. And it's a real okay. quick one. Um, the Bengals have 15 rushing touchdowns this year. Joe Mixon has 12. Uh, they also have 26 receiving touchdowns. Jamar Chase has 10. Nobody else has more than five. So it really seems like if you shut those two dudes down, and I know it's easier said than done. They're very talented players. But if you shut those guys down, the Bengals have a tough time coming up with other answers on offense. If you can really limit the the damage that those two guys can do, you can make it a tough sledding day for the rest of their offense. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point. And I think that's, you know, that's probably what the game plan is going to be mm. talking about shutting down the run game is, is a big part of that. And I think the fact that Joe Burrow has been playing so well is because they do establish the run to set up the pass and set, shutting down Joe Mixon is probably going to be priority number one for that Denver Broncos defense. Definitely. Okay. Let's go ahead and switch the side of the ball. And I'm really excited to talk about this. First of all, our offense looked pretty good last week against a Detroit Lions defense. So what, what are we expecting against this uh, Cincinnati defense? Who again, very similar, a good defense on paper, um, has led up a lot of points in certain games. What, what are we expecting from their defense off the bat? Well, and where you want to start with this defense specifically is the defensive line. Uh, that, I think, is the strength of their team. Um, you've got two players with more than seven and a, half, and a half sacks. You've got Sam Hubbard at one defensive end. He's got seven and a half. You've got Trey Hendrickson on the other side with 12 and a half sacks. So it's going to be a difficult task for the Broncos' offensive line to keep these guys out of the backfield all day. What I'm thinking they want to do is keep that ratio of 35 runs to 25 passes that they've been real successful with most of the season. You don't want to get outside yourself and try to be taking deep shots. You don't want to be down by 14 points. If you can keep running the ball, uh, and we see, and you know, Javante Williams was out of pra- in and out of practice this week, but he'll be healthy. Looks like Melvin Gordon will be good to go as well. That's really where I think you want to exploit the matchups here because you've got a good defensive tackle <clears throat> combination in Larry Ogunjobi and DJ Reader, but that's, I think, where the, the weakness of this defense is there and the secondary. Uh, you know, if you can get your guy, you know, Teddy Bridgewater enough time to pass, I think he'll have success against the secondary. I think these receivers will have success winning these one-on-one matchups, but, you know, that's, that's really where I'm focusing my attention on now. Run the ball first, and then let your playoff game, your your play action game, and your your passing game build off of that. 
Yeah, that's a big point. And another another good part about that is their middle linebacker, Logan Wilson, is out for the game. Marcus Bailey is also questionable to play. So two of their linebackers there on that linebacking core. Um, probably not going to be there, and that's a big that's a big heads up for us. Their their injury list is almost just as long as ours, and this is what I want to get to here. Um, the biggest part about the, all this whole thing is their number one cornerback, uh, Awuzi Chidobi Awuzi, is out for this game, and then uh, Vernon Hargraves, their second cornerback on the other side, uh, is questionable. He he was he did not practice for the last two games with an illness. I'm not sure what that illness fully is. That's just what it's listed as. So there is a chance that he doesn't play, which opens up backup quarterbacks or backup corners. Um, two first round draft picks who have not uh, panned out in the NFL in Trey Waynes and Eli Apple, um, both first round selections um, in their perspective 2015 2016 draft classes. Um, that's obviously a matchups. Uh, that we could take advantage of, that we could really exploit. You know that those those two guys we can really get to, but it really comes down to establishing the run. And the last thing I want to say uh, for the defensive backfield there is Von Bell, their safety. Um, he is a while he's playing very very good football. He has played a majority of his snaps inside the box. He's mm. played about 250 snaps um, at free safety as well as, at, but he's a strong safety. He plays he played almost 380 snaps inside the box. Which is a big part of this is if we can establish the run, force that strong safety to come down to the box, set up the play action. Now we're talking one on ones on the outside with a free safety over the top, and I think that's where we're going to get our our best open receivers with the with the guys that we have: Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick. I think that's what we want. And then the other thing I want to see a little bit that I like to see against Detroit is. Um, is the Noah Fant one-on-ones on the wide receiver on the outside. I think that's a big part of that. And uh, I, I think if we can get that, it kind of establishes the setup there for um, knowing whether or not it's man. If they could put a linebacker one-on-one with Noah Fant, I'd love, love to see it. And uh, as Joey B is watching here from our YouTube, this is a great point, Joey. The Broncos running game could be the, their best defense. Uh, keeping Burrow off the field, controlling the clock, doing what we did against the last couple teams. I think you're right. That's that is going to be our best defense is staying mm. on the field on our offense. Yeah, absolutely. And that's you know one one underrated area of the Bengals offense that has been a negative for them has been turnovers. Um, so it's you know one of those things where if you see the Bengals offense on the field a lot, you have that opportunity. You have that possibility to turn the ball over against them. And this Broncos defense has been doing that a lot more as of late. I think they have four games in a row with an interception. Yes. Right now. Uh, so, yeah, they're doing a good job at turning the ball over, getting those turnovers. You've just got to keep the ball out of Cincinnati's defense hands at this point. You've got to maybe, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, making smart throws. If you're the running backs, hold on to those balls. Just You cannot give this team an extra opportunity because we've talked about how closely matched they are this entire kind of this entire podcast. You can't give them extra opportunities. You know, you can't be that Broncos team that beats yourself. Um, right. Because and, and, you know, let's let's get into this now. If the Broncos win this game, they are in an excellent position as far as wildcard seating, playoff seating. They'll have head to head wins over both the Chargers and the Bengals who are both teams that they're vying, you know, against for those wild card spots. But if you lose this game, it's almost you know, it's almost the opposite. It's almost you're you're in as bad a position 
if you lose this game as you are in good a position if you win this game. So you've really just got to – you kind of have to focus on going 1-0 and this week, right? It's kind of what we talked about all season, but it's one of the most meaningful matchups you've you've had. This will probably make or break your season. If you want to do anything past the December mark into January, this is where it has to be meaningful, right? Well, and, we, and we've been saying it, you know, basically – Last three games, uh, you know, the Kansas City game was a must win. Uh, mm-hmm. The Detroit right. game was a must win for a lot. But now we're now we're talking about we're basically in the playoff mode. We could probably we could probably lose at least one of the next four games that we have the three games that we have. Um, but this is not one of them. If we lose one, maybe Kansas City. The, the fact that Kansas City beat the Chargers is a big help for the Denver Broncos going forward with our one. Uh, you know, our um, our win against them earlier in the season. Uh, and, and the Raiders not playing till Monday is going to be interesting to watch. Cause I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how that game turns out. Right. But, uh, yeah, this game is going to be huge for playoff implications. I think we put ourselves in the driver's seat with a win and it's uh, a game at home that I think is another big part of this is, is having Cincinnati at home really helps us going forward. If we could take care of them, but you've got to um, execute like this. You is have we, to, like we've been talking about it all season, be consistent, execute, go out there and do what you did last week. And they haven't done it yet. And we're going to score, get into score predictions in a minute, but I'm not sure that they do it again this week. But if you want to have a shot at the playoffs at all, this is your time. Yeah, I mean, I really... After everything we just talked about, I really yeah. do think our run game and the fact that we've... The one thing that's been consistent is at least we're sticking with the run game. The only difference is against the Chiefs, we just could have put could not put it in the end zone for whatever yeah. reason. We just cannot could not get into the end zone, even though our run game was playing amazing and it with only one guy. Now we have both of our guys fully healthy. I think our run game is really what makes the difference. And the linebacking core of this team is not playing very well against the run. We get to that second level. I expect a couple big 15, 20 yard runs from either uh, Javante or Melvin. And, and we keep them off the field. I really think that we might, we have the chance Based on what I'm seeing the last couple games, and if we stick to that that same concept, we have three games in a row, we've had the same concept. If we stick to that concept, I don't see us losing this game. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know, buddy. Like, I, I wonder, I, I I can see it going a lot like the Chiefs game, honestly, where we're running, you know, we're running the ball all over them between the 20s, and we can do whatever we want, and then we get to the red zone, and it stalls out a little bit. And, you know whether we're settling for field goals or going on a, going forward on fourth downs and not making it, uh, it, it to me seems like the kind of thing that it could be a low-scoring game easily on both sides, but for sure on the Broncos' side. I'm just – I'm really nervous, buddy. I really am. Well, well I, think, I think Cincinnati has that big strike capability. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're as worried about Cincinnati as we are against Kansas City. I mean, you know, what is it – let's talk about this for a second. It's a little bit off-subject. Okay. What is it about teams against Kansas City specifically that just feel like they have to score touchdowns or else they're not going to win? Did you see the, did you see the Thursday night game against yeah. Sandy? Like the yeah. Chargers they they just they put they left I don't know at least 12 points off by going for it on fourth down, going for the end zone for for whatever reason and um yeah, they just what is it against and we did the same thing. What is it against Kansas City specifically that feels like we can't settle for points? Yeah. For sure. And, you know, because in years past, that was the prevailing logic against Kansas City, right? That was the, if you 
you know, it doesn't matter if you outscore them 24 to nothing in the first half. You know, if you're settling for field goals in the second half, they're going to come back on you. They're going to score 35 points in the second half. And if you don't keep up, that's it for you. Um, And that was the Kansas City offense for so long. And when you have a deep strike offense like the Chief, like the Chiefs did and like the Bengals do this year, it just it gives the impression, I think, to your opponents' minds that no matter how good your home team defense is, that other team can come in and score on you at will. And even if they don't do it for three quarters, they can pull it off in the fourth quarter. They can t- they can take you deep for three touchdowns. And when you were ahead, now you're behind you know, when you blink, blink and turn around. I don't think that Bengals have that capability just because they don't have those playmakers, as many playmakers as the Chiefs do. But right now, I think they've got a quarterback who's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. And they've got a wide receiver who's playing, I don't know if he's better than Tyreek Hill, but I think he's at least on that level right now. So when you've got a combination like that cooking, it's not so much a, a big deal that they don't have a Travis Kelsey on that team right now. It's not so much a big deal that they don't have second, third, fourth options because they, they can, it feels like they can do it whenever they want. So if right. you're, you know, if you're the Broncos defense, that's got to be your first goal is take that away from them and let them beat you some other way. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So a couple other things I want to mention. Vegas has the Broncos favored by three points, which is usually about two and a half points is usually like they think it's an even game and they give those two and a half to the home team. However, three point favorites as the Denver Broncos as the home teams means there's a slight edge. Vegas thinks there's a slight edge to the Denver Broncos on this game here. I'm going to I'm going to give you a little bit of preview, guys, onto the Rager show. I'm going to actually do what Ray does to me to David here. I'm going to give him some rapid-fire questions on some of the money lines and some of the things that we're looking at for this game mm. and see what he thinks. First of all, over under 44.5 points for the game. Under. Okay. And why is that? I think this is a defensive battle on both sides. I think the winning team probably scores between 20 and 24 points. Um, and... I just I don't see either of these offenses going off for big big plays, especially in the passing game against each other. Okay, um, over under passing yards for Teddy Bridgewater two thirty three. Probably under. I'm going to say between one seventy five and two twenty five is the ceiling for Teddy this time. Um, it's possible. Like you know, we we talked about it earlier. The matchup for Teddy is good against this secondary. Uh, it's not good, uh, not as good, certainly, with this pass rush against our offensive line. So I, I think he probably gets the ball out very quickly. Uh, the shorter passes, uh, yeah, that's going to be my guess is between 175 and 225. All right, last question here, and then we'll go into our score predictions and how we feel like this game is going. It sounds like you already had kind of have an idea of how this mm-hmm. game is going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, over under Noah Fant receptions at three and a half. Do we do we target Noah Fant more than three times this game? No, that's a big that's a big conversation. Like right. that's a huge piece to our offense that I feel like could be used a little bit more. I feel like not, and this will probably roll into my score score prediction a little bit. But I don't think we win this game. Uh, and to me, to win this game, you've got to have Noah Fant touching the ball at least five times. Um, okay. I just, I don't see it. Um, I think this is one of those games where we see that the Broncos are just not ready 
to compete on any kind of meaningful stage right now. They are good enough to go eight and nine or nine and eight this season. And, you know, in some other season, that might be good enough for a playoff spot. But I think in the AFC, with as close as things are right now, you'll have to go 10 and seven to get those wild card spots or nine and eight and have numerous tiebreakers in the AFC. And if the Broncos lose this game, they're not going to have those tiebreakers. Uh, I just, I feel like, and this is my score prediction, um, like 24 to 20 or 24 to 17 Bengals. I, I, I think it's a close game. I think the Broncos keep it close. I think it's a defensive battle the whole way. I just don't think they're ready to step up and say, now we're ready to play consistent football. Now we're ready to beat the teams that we have to beat if we want to answer these questions. I just, I don't see that team in front of me right now, you know? <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And I'm trying to think back. When was the last time we won a close game? Yeah, right. Like I, a, a game that came down the last couple drives. So the, the closest game that we've had in the in the past, uh, win or lose, is against the uh, the football team. Okay. And and that was never, I never felt like that game was out of, like, out of reach. Like, right. we won 17-10, but there was never a point where it was like, oh, this is close, this is coming down to. It was never that. Literally not once this season has there been a game that has been close within a score. Everything has been within, the Browns lost, okay? We lost to the Browns, and, and you know, we were close there. Um, the Eagles, we were close until we threw the pick six, then we gave up. Yep. Everything else has been two scores or more, and, and and I don't, which means I don't know. And and this is kind of putting it on you on what you're saying there is I don't know what football team is going to show up for the Broncos when it is a close game and we need that score at the end of the game. Yeah, can we trust this team who's never really been put in that position other than one game this season to go down and finish a game? Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. So I I see it two ways, David, and and mm. the first way is the way you say control the clock. Um, you know, push down the field, keep their offense off the field, low scoring game. I think if it's that way, the Broncos win. Mm. The other option is we, we go down, we go out there, they get the ball first, they score. We get the ball, we go three and out. We give the ball back to them, they score field goal or touchdown. And for some reason, you know, first half of the season, this is how it went. Maybe, maybe we learned our lesson. I don't have faith in that, that we decide that we just need to throw the ball all of a sudden. And yeah. then now we're throwing the ball all of a sudden and we're throwing it deep and we get a couple good deep throws, but we can't get in the end zone because we just don't know how to do that. And we, th- we make a couple bad mistakes and this game gets out of hand with it by halftime. Yeah. And next thing you know, we're down by three scores at halftime and it's trying to play catch up. We, we play catch up a little bit, mm. but not enough to finish the game. And those are the two football teams that I've seen this year. Yeah. Like those are, those are literally the two options. And, and against what we just broke down earlier, earlier in this podcast, that's exactly the two different types of t- teams that we got. We have a quick high scoring, uh, a quick option team uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals. And you have the run team that has the quick over the top, but hasn't been able to use it, mm-hmm. uh, but control the ball, control the clock, get the ball down the field. Don't make mistakes. Um, those are the two teams I've seen this year. And I want to err on the side of, we're going to control the ball. We have two strong running backs that are going to be able to keep running the ball and keep legs healthy. We have a very good offensive line. We have a full healthy offensive line again, which is nice. Bobby Massey is actually playing very, very good football this year. And I love the fact that we have, this is the first time in, in I don't know how many years that we could talk about a right tackle being consistent. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, 
And and you we just got to keep the ball on the ground and open up the pass game through the run. Let them stack the box. Let them try to stop our run. And as soon as they do, throw throw a couple passes over the top of them and and, and keep them honest. Yeah, that's the way we win this game, and I think that's what we're gonna do. I I believe that Shermer after you know I think it was the, the Chargers game, David. We went to that Chargers game, and on the way back, you talk about Fangio set a limit like you will run the ball. X amount of times. We don't know what that number is, but X amount of times, and we matched it. And since then, we have stuck to the run game, and we've done yeah. a really, really good job. I mean, Javante Williams had a career game against Kansas City, and and our our lines, our 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 scores down the line, we 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 should have won that game. We just couldn't get in the end zone. So I think I think this Broncos team is there. I think the Broncos team is ready to run the ball down their throats and and win on the ground. With a couple passes over the top, maybe take a couple deep shots every once in a while like we did to Noah Fant last week, and just keep running the ball, keep the clock going, and we win the game that way. And my score, I guess, the total score prediction, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24 to 16. Mm. I think we could keep them out of the end zone. I think our two safety look is one of the better ones in the league. And I think we can keep them out of the end zone with the deep shots. And I think that our front our front seven is going to be able to stop their front seven. Very good. All right. Well, uh, then I will start with final thoughts as we head okay. into this as we head into this game. This is I know I know we've been saying it all season, and we've been saying that we've been saying it all season, all, all season. season. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, this is kind of the make or break week for the Broncos, and it's it's weird that it's come down to week what is it week 14 at this point week yeah. 13 week 15 something like that and it's just you know you've got five teams in the AFC alone with seven wins right now and that's part of it the 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 lack of separation there is just cuz all of these teams have five you know six or seven wins right now but this is the time when the teams that are actually going to make the playoffs start to separate themselves and I haven't seen anything from the Broncos this season that makes me think, yeah, they're going to separate themselves from the rest of the AFC now because they've had opportunities and they just haven't done it. But if you are going to see it at all this season, this is the last chance. And if you don't see it this weekend, I don't think you're going to see it for the rest of the year. But I'm also not saying it's impossible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo those sen- sentiments, David. And I, and I think the biggest part is that if we lose this game, there is not another game that we can lose for the rest of the season to make the playoffs. And it's all AFC West teams, and uh, two of them are away games. And I think that puts us uh, puts our back into a corner, and it puts us into a very precarious situation where I, I'm not, I don't trust the Broncos to finish out undefeated against three AFC West teams and one team that we haven't won uh, against in like 12 games. Yeah. So I, I think that's pretty important, um, regardless of whether or not it's in Denver. This game is what sets in motion the rest of the season. And what sets in motion the rest of the motivation for the rest of the season. So mm-hmm. we have to win this game. Yeah, And, I, and we, we talked about it against the Chiefs. Everybody was talking about how it's the most important super, since Super Bowl. That was a stupid line. Mm. Uh, and I, I mentioned it on the pregame, too, uh, last when, when everyone was saying it. That's... That was that was not. I don't understand how that they thought that was so important. This is with the way that the NFL season is going this year. This is probably the most important game of this season by far. Uh, even outside that Kansas City game, this is the most important game of the season. Yeah. As we go into at the Raiders, at the Chargers, and then having Kansas City at home, 
We have to win this game in order to set our priorities for the playoffs and and set our our uh, our goals lofty, because then we can lose one of those games if we need to, right? Gives us a little bit of more cushion. But I think we could do it, David. I really do. I'm sitting here. I'm 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 confident, and I'm going to do it again, David. You ready for it? Oh boy, here he goes. I bet you. I will wear the beanie the entire show. However, if if the Broncos lose, you have to wear the beanie for the entire show uh, against the Chargers one because that's when that's the one you're going to be at my house for. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'll raise you, Jared. I'm going to raise you right now. Okay, I'm interested. I'm listening. It is a beanie versus a visor, but instead of wearing them during a show, we wear them to the Raiders game. The loser has to wear the winner's style of hat for the entirety of the Raiders game. What do you say? Oh, but it's in Vegas and it's going to be warm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My head is going to be on fire. Well, then I guess you had better decide how safe you feel in your bet. And and we have to take the pictures and post it all over social media, including the Orange Weekly Twitter. All over the social media. Oh, yeah. All over the Orange Weeklies. All over our socials. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I take that bet. Okay. It's a bet. I take that bet. All right. So instead of, instead of on a show, we mm-hmm. do it at the, at the Raiders game. At the game. Absolutely. Perfect. Pfizer versus Puffball. You are going down. I am going to be sad for you, but not as sad for you as I would be for me if I lost this bet, which I won't. Yeah, but you're going to be sad in general because the Broncos lost. Well, that we'll cross that so, bridge when we come to it. Either way, you're sad. No, I'm not sad, Jared, because you know why? <laughs> Here's why. Because I'm dead inside and you're not. And you haven't learned this lesson and I have. I have hope. No. <laughs> I have don't, faith. Don't do that to yourself because when you lose bets like this, it's going to hurt your, you all the more. I'm in, I'm I'm invulnerable to it. I cannot feel oh. it. Oh. Yes. Okay. So. Well, don't worry. I'll bring the visor. Great. And I'll make sure that you have an extra visor uh, to wear at the game. I won't need it. But thank you. That'll be nice. Wow. Wow, you're so yeah. confident in the Broncos losing. I just I don't know how to feel about this. Well, all right, all right, David. Uh, let's go ahead and end this off. Uh, we have our bet going, and I hope people comment on the Tuesday show. Make sure you guys are commenting at uh, which one of us should be wearing the visor or the beanie, or hit us up on the social media. I'm super excited about it. I, I think this game is going to be very interesting. I do not think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be uh, a good game for the Broncos. And it's going to bring some some excitement back into Mile High. Um, make sure that you're showing up. If you're a season ticket holder and haven't been showing up, that's on you. But make sure you're going to that game if you can, if you have a chance. I'm living in California. I went to Colorado for the first time in like three years, and I went to a game. So I was just right. making sure that, no that I did my part. And then next week, me and David will be at the show, at the game. So we're super excited about that. But um David, without further ado, I love you, man. And uh, as always, we're going to finish off with a strong. Go Broncos. Broncos.
Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.